But today is a good day. We are in March now, and it has been a, a long winter. We had had a, a heads up from the Lord, and I really felt when we were coming into 2021, like the meme of the kid jumping into the water and waiting him out of 2020. Yay, you pee, 2020 is over. And waiting for him was the German shepherd that was lunging toward him as he was coming. And the German shepherd said 2021. I don't know if it's been like that for you. For us, 2020 had its own set of challenges. Uh, everyone, I think, probably will, will remember 2020. It's interesting um, what you do remember. I remember the space shuttle Challenger blowing up. Does anyone remember that? Anyone else? Wow, where I was and all that. And I, of course, remember we're not 911. I remember CJ, I have these conversations with my son CJ, and he asked what, what left a bigger impression, the Berlin Wall coming down or 911. I'm like, that's not even close. I don't even know when. I'm like, didn't the wall come down like early 90s or something? He's like, no, it was in the late 80s or with, with, uh, with Reagan. I, I, and I'm like, I don't even know. But I remember 911. Some events lock into our memory. And I personally, I, I am not wired for events. I'm married to a woman who loves events. But I'm kind of wired like day in and day out. For me, life is not living from event to event to event. How many people, being honest, for you, life is going from one event to another? Uh, anyone? Any honest people? Okay, I got at least one, couple honest people. Either that or you're all, the rest of us are introverts. I don't know whether that matters or not. How many are day-by-day day people? Like you live day-by-day day and events are like the frosting on the cake. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's things we can learn from both ways. But I, I pray that today, as we've been marching into 2021, today I really feel is to be a, a pause before we go on. A pause before we march on. As I prayed about, well, God, what are you saying now? Because I felt like, Okay, we, we spent a lot of time moving up across barriers. We use the story of Joshua and the, and the story of Jericho. And before they came to Jericho, the impenetrable wall, the people of Israel, way years ago, they had to cross a river at flood stream. There were no bridges. The water actually stopped when the people, when the priests got in the water. The, the water actually stopped and piled up. It was an absolute miracle act of God. There was no other way to explain it going to the, facing the giants that they faced and coming to the walls that were impenetrable that they couldn't blow through, they couldn't go around, they couldn't get over. And when they shouted, the walls actually pressed down into the ground and they were able to move ahead. I think many of us believe that we can go into the future and be successful in some measure on our own. That, you know, I am the captain of my own ship. I don't know, how's it go? Destiny or something like that. Is that how it goes? I remember. I'm the captain of my Starship Enterprise. No. Does anyone know what I'm saying? You know, we think that we're the captain of our own destiny, but really, we don't know what even the next minute's going to bring. I mean, I'm waiting on grandbaby number seven. Can you believe someone as young as I waiting on number seven? And I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know. I know the baby is going to come forth. How and what day? You know, Deb's dad, who passed away recently, was born on the 4th. We thought, well, that'd be pretty cool if, it came on, if he came on the 4th. We already know who he is, what he, what he is. 
But, you know, I, we don't know what's going to happen. We do not know. We think we can anticipate what's going to happen. None of us anticipated, standing here back in 2020, what was going to be, well, by now, but at the beginning of 2020, what was going to happen. And, and I don't, I, I really believe that from here on out, it's like, stuff's going to happen. We are not, we just have to be prepared for it. We just have to be prepared. And so, um, if we can get the uh, message up there, I know we've got stuff rotating around. We've got to get our announcement lady has been in Florida and should be coming back soon. But if anyone enjoys like putting things together, bulletin type things and printing them or maybe putting together, have someone else print it, please see me or Abby or Deb. That would be wonderful. So before marching forward, before continuing on, in our last episode, we, walls came down, and we went in and we started to take our promised land. And then, and then you know, it's like, well, what do you do once you've had a, a tremendous victory? Well, you kind of enjoy it for a little while. We are sitting on a field of victory. Does anyone know what that's from? Are we alive here today? I am sitting on a field of victory. Does anyone know? Yeah, maybe one or two. You don't. It was, was it Pippin or Mary and uh, Isengard? Forget it. You guys are too old. Before marching forward, okay, if we could have a, we're going to look at the book of Hebrews, just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, as indicated by the name, this book was written to the Jewish people to get them to believe. So there's, there's some things that are specific to Jews in that that are not just for the church. In your Bible, if you read, there are some things, there, there are contexts of certain things that are written, um, and, uh, and we can't just say, well, I believe the whole Bible, and I'll just receive the whole Bible, because Judas went and hung himself. Go, therefore, and do likewise. Who's going to do it, right? No. So we understand that, okay? So the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews. We understand that. So, if we could just go, go ahead and put up the uh, scripture. Let us go forward then. This actually, this, this writing comes right out of the Good News Bible, that, that wording. I was just reading and being led by the Spirit. It's like, well, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I was led to this passage in Hebrews 6 because it talks about moving on from the foundation that you've been given. And the, the verbiage in the, new, in the Good News Bible is, let us go forward. And that's the, the verbiage we've been using in the series. Moving forward. Moving forward. We don't, there is no going back. We are moving forward. Let us go forward then. Moving on from the first things about Christ to full growth. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. Turning away from useless works and believing in God. Teaching about baptisms and the laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Let us go forward, and this is what we will do if God allows. Now, you might notice the list that was given there. You say, I can't remember Pastor Mike preaching a whole lot on some of that. That is true. One note, this, this list of basic things was written to the Jews. Our list comes, let me do a little test. Where, where were we, what, what um, chapter in the Bible... Spells out what Jesus did on the cross. Spells out praise and worship and the benefits and blessings that Jesus gave us on the cross. What, 
What chapter of the Bible is that? Can anyone tell me? I was going to say, are you even allowed to say that? Is he allowed to, someone get him. Psalm 103. You say, what's the big deal? Because this is Building 103 Church. Why is it Building 103? And when we're at 7 East Union Street, the world may never know. No, the world is going to know. Because the sign's getting finished. That sign that's been there forever. I told you. I told you when we first put the sign up, and you know what I'm talking about, the sign there that's like not finished. And I remember following a kid up the road, and he first saw the sign. <laughs> I shouldn't, it's really funny. So I'm, I'm, I'm following, and he looks at that sign and says, what the, is that? <laughs> I was able to share with him, don't you know what Psalm 103 says? And he, of course he didn't. But it was really, really funny. And, uh, and we, are, we are moving to the place where people that walk up the road are, are not going to look at the sign and say, what, what is thou? What is, what is this? <laughs> oh, okay. What, what, what am I saying? Okay. Psalm 103 is the foundation that God has given us for this fellowship. And it starts out, actually, let's just, I think I pulled up Psalm 103. It's actually, okay, Psalm 103 of David, written by David, of course. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, that's, that's, that's kind of, I want to say Christianese, but it was before Christians. Jewishese? I don't know. Just, that's a thing. It's praise the Lord, because we, you know, when you say, well, bless the Lord, that's Christian talk. We don't always understand what that is. But he's saying, praise the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord of my soul, and forget not, or do not forget, all of his benefits. Psalm 103, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. I'm probably not quoting with the one that I'm pulling here. Who, who, uh, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And then it goes on and on. But those first verses spell out the basic things that Jesus did for us. Okay? The basic things. Those are the... If Jesus did nothing else, if he forgave your sins, it's all good. Because even if you live 150 years on the earth here in absolute torment and torture, which I pray is not your lot, even if it was, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you have eternity, eternity to look forward to. And that would be enough. It would be. We would hate this life... <laughs> Okay? We have enough pain, sin and death and sickness and poverty and fear and junk and addictions and depression and, and stuff. There's so much stuff in this world that was never God's intention. If all Jesus did was in verse 3, forgives all your sins, then we would spend eternity with, with God because our main problem on earth is separation from the Father because of sin. Because we do our own thing, and it's in us from when we were little, from way back in the garden, Genesis chapter 3. Little children, one of the first words that they learn, they're cute, we love them, we want to squeeze them, and, and we think it's funny when they look at us and they say, no! Right? But that's, it's in there. Okay, you know? And when I, when I say that, the tendency is in there, and it's not until later in life when, when a young person would cognitively reject through thinking it through, reject Jesus and say, I do not want your free gift. Thank you very little. I'm going this way. 
That's when sin cuts us off from God. All of us did it. How many of you have been a Christian your whole life and you just were grafted it? Anyone? Do you remember the first sin that you've done? Probably not. Because you've been doing it so long you don't even remember. It's really true. So I just wanted to emphasize this, okay? We're going to stop. We're going to have a communion together, the Lord's Supper, and put our emphasis on a few different things. If all Jesus did was forgive our sins, it would be enough. But he didn't. He didn't even stop there in the one verse. He said, he for, the Bible says that he, the Lord, forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. Well, what do you mean he heals all of our diseases? You know, I'm sick, or I got COVID, or this happened, and I know... And maybe you're here right now and you're actually sick. So if you're sick, <laughs> stop smiling. We know how you're sick. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're sitting here sick and you say, but that can't be true. God's word can't be true because I am sick. No, 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 no. Your sickness can't be true because God's word is true. Okay? And when we start to, when you, you say, what are you talking about? When we start to understand the truth of God's word and what Jesus did on the cross trumps everything that happens in our bodies or in our lives, then we're starting to get a revelation. And it's like, you know what? Even if I got sick and died of it or had an accident and died or however it is you, you want to leave the planet, I'd rather not be sick or have an accident. I'd rather say, one to beam up, Lord. Lock on. You know? In that Scottish voice, I can't, Captain, something's wrong. Does anyone know what I'm saying? Does anyone know what's started? Has anyone ever seen Star Trek before? I've got to find new and unimproved. It's unimproved because the best stuff already happened. No, I'm just kidding. The Bible says don't say that. The best, don't say that your best days are behind you. So I'm going to say that our best days are in front of us. I'm going to stop and say that. Amen? Lay hold of that. Our, my best days are in front of me. Say Amen. Did you say amen, Annie? No. Why? Because you pastor's your daughter and you don't think you have to. But you do. Okay. So if nothing else happened but that we were forgiven of our sins, we're good. But you know what? God provided in Christ healing on the cross. And, and you could say, well, Jesus died to forgive everyone's sins. Do we believe that Jesus died to forgive everybody's sins? Do we believe that? At least I got a glare or something. We believe that, right? Do we believe that Jesus died for everyone's sickness? I don't know why, because we don't necessarily see it. Well, Jesus died for everyone's sin. Does that mean everyone's going to heaven? Is it automatic? No. No, 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 no. It has to be received. The same way with what Jesus did in, in our bodies. The difference is our bodies speak loud. We pray and say you've got some issue. Like I had a back issue yesterday. Again, I don't know what the problem was. But anyway, I won't go there. Except that, you know, we pray, and I didn't immediately feel anything. You know what I did before going to bed? I received communion. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. I said, Jesus, your body was broken that my body would be fixed. Jesus, your blood was shed that I would be righteous. So I'm going to be able to receive my healing in my back, because that's what I need, and not based upon my own goodness, because I was such a good guy. You know, I'm a pastor. Jesus, I'm a pastor. You should heal me because I'm a pastor. All the angels would be smirking. <laughs> That's not a smirk. What is that? Giggle. Uh, a sarcastic noise. All the angels are making sarcastic noises. Why? Because they know it's not my goodness or your goodness. It's what Jesus did on the cross. Psalm 103. Okay. 
Where are you going with all this? We are pausing here for a moment before we go because in, in the book of Hebrews it says we need to move on from these foundational things. But we don't just leave them. It's kind of like a building. Who has a basement in their house? Anyone have a basement? Is there stuff in the basement? Now, I realize there are sometimes, if you've spent any time like in a, in a trailer, double wide or anything like that, you might not have a basement and you regret it when it's like zero. It's been a fairly mild winter. And I worked on stuff. I was in HVAC. I remember the winter when it was like in February and everything was freezing up. I had to go out and try to fix that stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing. Except, you know, I mean, it was cold. All that. But that, that it falls apart if you use a trailer. I'm talking about like a building. This building has a basement. This building has a foundation. It has walls and such. We are up here enjoying it up here. But there's still stuff happening in the foundation, the same way with Christian, with, with our life with the Lord, we don't want to continually, like, I'm not going to stand up here Sunday after Sunday and you need to give your life to Jesus, because I can't do that very well anyway, and if I could, I probably would. You need to get saved, you need to get born again, you need to repent of your sins and get saved. Is that true? Yes. Why don't I do that every week? Does anyone ever, you remember the days of the record players and you have a little record and you put on and you just keep, and then it would skip and just keep going and going and going and how, how annoying that would be? Does anyone remember that? Probably not. <laughs> I, should, I should look at anyone that has a little bit of grade. We, the, we don't live constantly in the basement, but it's so important. We don't, we don't stand constantly in what Jesus in, in, we don't always preach that Jesus forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. But we do come back to that, and we do it fairly often. We come back, if you've, if you've been tempted in an area, and then you blew it. Like, you're like, I'm tempted, whatever. We don't say it like that. I'm being tempted to eat this carb, whatever. We don't. We just like, oh my lord, look at that chocolate cake. Ah, I'm going to get it. Oh, whatever. And then it's like, oh. And that's a fairly light thing. It's only a sin if you've already made a decision not to. Something worse. Uh, it could be, uh, ba- okay, you know what? You know, I'm tempted to do a line of, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not tempted to do a line of cocaine, but for the sake, sake of the illustration, no, forget it. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> I've never done, done that in my life. Because I was a good red-headed, red, or red-blooded American boy. And I said, I remember the day that I said, I am not getting drunk anymore. I hate hangovers. From now on, I'm only going to get high. <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> and I don't do that anymore. Jesus is the most high. I, that's all I need. <sighs> okay, moving. We're talking about back to, back to the sermon here. Okay, because we're going to get to, we're actually going to receive the communion here. Because the most basic part of, of our life with Christ is the fact that Jesus on the cross filled his blood, forgave all of our sins, and on the cross his body was broken. Even before getting on the cross, hanging on the tree, the stripes, the, the, the beating that he took, everything that happened to Jesus on the way to the cross and on the cross purchased something for us that's spelled out in Psalm 103 and in other, in other places. When was, just, just a question. When was the last time you had communion? Do you, do you do it on your own? Do you, do you wait for some pastor or something? Or do you, you say, well, you can take communion on your own because you're a pastor. Well, that's true. No, 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 no. It doesn't say, thou shalt gettest a pastor who cometh and giveth thine communion. It doesn't say that. 
It's just like as often as you do this, as often as you do this, you are remembering me. Okay, I'm going to move on and try to try to move fairly quickly. Next slide, please. Okay, um, I'm now shifting gears. Well, not really shifting gears. We're looking at again what Jesus did with his shed blood. We're just going to emphasize this a little bit before we move on to anything else. We are going to receive communion and look at what he did with his blood. I hand it down to you. This is the Apostle Paul that said this. Let me read it from here. <clears throat> what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself, like Jesus appeared to him. The same night in which Jesus was betrayed or handed over to the enemy, he took bread, simple bread. He gave thanks. And then he distributed it, or broke it, he di- and distributed it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this in, to remember me. I see, I, this is a, I keep stumbling because I pulled the more of a modern translation and I keep wanting to quote what I know. He did the same thing with the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup seals a new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat, is that an italics there? Um, did, I, did I add it in? Is there another slide or did I not have it? Okay, there it is. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. And even though the terminology looks like, you know, I love to tell the story that we're, when we have communion, that it looks completely, no, it doesn't look completely. From, from, the, from the translation I just read, you, it would be easy to, to say that this is a symbolic thing that we do. It's symbolic. And even if it was only symbolic, it would be a good thing to do. But it's more than just symbolic. When we come to the table of the Lord to receive Jesus' body and his blood. Now, there was a debate. I was raised Catholic, and, um, and I know there's other denominations that actually believe in what's called transubstantiation, that as we are taking the bread and taking the, the, the cup, that it turns into Jesus' flesh and Jesus' blood. Kind of a gross thought, I guess you'd say. And yet, Jesus used such powerful terminology to say, when you actually gather together and you have this meal in my name, when you eat the bread, you are eating me. You're eating my word. You're eating my health. You're eating me. When you drink this cup, you're drinking that blood that forgave you of the sins. I don't think it really matters whether as it's going in, it's like it becomes some... That, it doesn't really matter, okay? Except that it is powerful and it is true. Jesus used the illustration because with, he could have just said, think about me and think about receiving me and, and me coming and sitting next to you. Or, he could have used imagery like that, but he didn't. He used the imagery of actually grabbing a piece of bread, which actually represents meat, and chewing it. And, and, and spending some time chewing it, and then grabbing the cup, and then drinking it. And has anyone ever thought of, you know in Psalm 103 it said that he forgives all of our sins and heals all, all of our diseases, and we always put forgiveness of sins before healing, right? What's more important, whether, if, for you to be forgiven of your sins or you to be healed? 
Forgiven, absolutely. Not even close. Okay? Why is it in the Lord's Supper we come and we have bread first? Anyone, have you ever thought of that? Why do we, why do we have the bread first? Well, of course, because if you drank it first and you ate the bread, you, you couldn't wash it down, right? <laughs> that might be part, I mean, God might have had that. Actually, this is a picture that what happened in the Old Testament, remember the time of Passover, that God's people which were, had left slavery, and they, the people of Israel left slavery, came to this Red Sea, and there was nowhere to go. There was no, no way to avoid the army that was coming, except God had to do a miracle. Split the sea, they went through, and you know, the, uh, they were drowned and all that. Before all that happened, there were ten plagues that came upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and that last plague was the death of the firstborn. Now, Jesus, Bible says that God does not take delight in the death of the wicked, period. Okay? God, it was not God's, it, it represented something that had to happen because God is a covenant-keeping God, and, and he, when he requires a firstborn from someone's hand, he says, you know what, because you gave your firstborn, or gave up your firstborn, I'm going to give my firstborn son. I mean, it's like, God never asks more of you than he would ever do, okay? Never does. Never asks more of you. So, so what he said was, kill this lamb, this innocent lamb. Take a spotless lamb, kill it, and, and then I want you to pick the blood and put it on the doorpost, you know, and it seems like a gross thing to do, but when the angel comes, the angel of destruction comes, he's going to see the blood and pass over. So we all understand that, but what did they do with the lamb? You don't know? Did they, did they like, squeeze the blood out and then... No, they, they actually, he said, I want you to eat every part of it. You eat the whole thing. Now, I don't know about like the bones, probably not, but everything else. You eat the whole thing. They roasted the lamb, and then they ate that. So for the blood to even come forth out of Christ, the body had to be broken. That's why the body's first. For the blood to even come forth, the body was broken. Just something to think about. Okay, something to think about. Because I, I, I read that and I think, why do we all, is it just tradition? Tradition. Why do we have the, the bread and then the blood when the blood is more important? Well, that's why. Okay, so hopefully that helps. All right, so I want to set a little bit of framework of what was going on at the time. We, are, we in America, in our nice little church things, we have, thankful, thankfully for Tanya and those that put together um, the the elements here. This is not what they did in the in Jesus' day, okay? They would go over to Tom and Tracy's house. Let's all pile in, Tom Tracy. And Tom would have I'm using maybe I shouldn't use him as an illustration. I could use Devin or whatever. But Tom's like, you know what? Hey, I got I don't even want to say it. I've got fresh wine here, okay? I've got these things of wine, and I've got all kinds of bread, and literally, we would go from his house, or it would be at his house, it might be at Doug and Tanya's house, it could be at the Norton's, or, or, or wherever, the Heights house, it could be at Byron's house, next. They, wherever, people would go and gather, and they would feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, 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 feast. And it wasn't on who putting them, or who it was feast. It wasn't, okay? They would feast, and so Paul, in this chapter, you say, why are you saying this? Let me get to it. Paul, in this chapter, has to correct them a little bit. 
And if we don't understand what was going on in that day, we won't understand what he's saying. And instead, we will look at some of these scriptures and we'll say, I don't even know if I want to have communion because Paul says you need to examine yourself and then take the body and blood so you don't sin against the body and blood. Ta-da! We should have music that does that. You're about to receive the body and blood. And if you've got sin in your life, you're going to blow up. <laughs> no. That's, that's not true, but that's what we feel or think. That, at least that's what I did. I grew up, you know, in the church. It's just like, um, did, did I, how did I do? Did I confess all my sins? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been three minutes since my last confession. Whatever, you know, it's like I would go through my, my thing trying to make sure I was good enough to take communion. That's not the case. The point of communion is you are not good enough. You stink, okay? I was going to use another word. You're not good enough. That's why we take the body and the blood is because we are sinful, Okay? And you say, well, 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 how do you know that? Okay, the context of what happened, I'm not going to read the first part of 1 Corinthians, but basically Paul says, look, I'm not going to praise you when you come together because some of you are, get, are, are stuffing your face and some of you are getting drunk. And then there are people that come in that don't have anything and there's nothing left over for them. And then you're, you're making poor people feel bad because you know, they're coming, you brought all the stuff so you're going to eat it. It's like that's not what communion is about. It's about discerning what Jesus did on the cross by his blood and discerning what he did by his body. But it was a feast. It wasn't the little cup and the little bite. It was like carb overload. Because <laughs> wine and bread are like carb overloads, are they not? Are, am, am I with you? Is this seem sacrilegious? Like, I don't know if he should even be saying that. Get him. Bow on the pastor. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but I am going to read on a little bit after this, okay? When you do this, it proclaims the Lord's death. That's a loaded subject. Anytime we receive communion and we acknowledge the, the body and broken, the broken body and blood of Jesus, Satan and his demons, they cringe because every time you proclaim his death, they realize it was, it was when we killed him that we died. The devil knows that his destruction was when Jesus died on the cross. He found it out. If he didn't, the Bible says if he knew what he was doing when he, when he put Jesus on the cross, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. would never have done it because it was his absolute undoing when, when Jesus went to the cross. And he thought, here we are, we're killing him. And it, it, what it did was it broke the power of the law over us and now we've been brought back to God by faith and we have all these blessings of this covenant. Satan is, was so thick and so self-consumed, he could not see what was about to transpire. He killed Jesus, and then he's like, what's going on? And when God raised him from the dead, he's like, oh, no. And, then that, and that's why whenever we proclaim the Lord's death, Satan has a fit. He does not like it. If there's any demons in this place, just hang out here until we have the Lord's... No, I'm not going to say that. Until we have the Lord's... We're about to have the Lord's Supper. You might want to leave now, devil. Or get out of here, devils. Angels, take care of him. Okay. I am going to read on. Can you go to the next slide? Uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan's got it. Okay. So here, I'm going to read this first, and then I'm going to read it in just a little bit different verbiage. Um, and then I've already given the context of what was going on about the, the drunk fest and all that. Okay. So Paul says, it follows that if one of you eats the Lord's bread, let me back up so we get out of the tunnel here. If one of you eats the Lord's bread or drinks the, the, his cup in a way that dishonors him, oh, here it is, you are guilty of, of sin against the Lord's body and blood. So then you should, 
So uh, each examine yourself first and then eat the bread and drink from the cup. He said, well, isn't that what this is saying, that you should look inward and all that? For if you do not recognize the meaning of the Lord's body when you eat the bread and drink from the cup, you bring judgment on yourself as you eat and drink. That is why many of you are sick and weak and several have died. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Why are many people sick and weak and some have died? Because they went to communion at the church. Is that why? No, that's not what it's saying. Okay? Now, let's, let me just rephrase that a bit. If I could put the next slide up, okay? This, let's look at this another way. Okay, here we go. It follows that if one of you eats the Lord's bread or drinks from his cup in a way that honors him, I put it in italics, I think, because I'm switching it around from that negative thing to positive so we can actually see what I believe is a revelation God wants to give us. It follows that if one of you eats the Lord's bread and drinks from his cup in a way that honors him, you are rightly dividing the Lord's body and blood. Well, what does that have to do anything? Why were people getting sick? The body of Christ was broken that they might be healed. Why would we get sick? If we don't discern that his body was broken, then we are at the mercy of the elements and the curse that's already on the earth. But we have an out if we discern the broken body. So, is that making sense? Let me finish and I'll go back, okay? So you are rightly dividing the Lord's body and blood. So then, as you each examine yourself first, you then eat the bread and drink from the cup properly. For if you recognize the meaning of the Lord's body when you eat the bread and drink the cup, you bring blessing on yourself as you eat and drink. That is why many of you are being healed, made whole, and are experiencing length of days and long life. Wait a second, what did you do? I took, I took what was being said in the negative saying if, 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 you, if, you know, if you don't discern God, what Jesus did, this is what's going to happen. And I turned it to what Psalm 103 says, basically, that if you do discern correctly, this will happen. All right. Um, let me read on a little bit. Um, so just, just wait one sec. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. I don't think I have that up there, do I, or do I? No, I don't. So then, my friends, when, so then, okay, my friends, when you gather together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. If any one of you is hungry, he should eat at home, so that you will not come under God's judgment, but rather his blessing. As you meet together, as for the other matters, I will settle them when they come. So right at the end, and I didn't read the first part, remember I said that the context was, Paul was saying, I'm, I'm upset because you guys are having the, the Lord's Supper and you're getting drunk and you're getting, you're stuffing yourself. What's the word for that? You're, you're, glut, you're a glutton and a drunk. I, I, it's hard for us to even imagine that that's what, that's what they did at church. We would get a reputation here at Building 103. If, <laughs> if we brought in the jugs, you bring in the jugs of water, Matt, and I will... Bless it, and we'll see if it comes out wine or whatever. Okay. If we had wine and we, and we had bread and we had this huge feast, would we get a reputation? Yes, we would get a reputation. There'd be a lot of people that wouldn't go. There'd be a lot of people that would go, right? There really would be. So the whole context, this is the point I'm making. The whole context of examining yourself is not look introspectively to see whether you have sin. It's like... Are you getting drunk and are you eating, are you having the Lord's Supper because you're hungry? 
And are you drinking because you want to get drunk? Or are you discerning the Lord's body? It's not whether or not you are terrible and you've sinned and, and all that stuff. That's the whole context of what Paul was saying is that stop, it says stop and examine yourself. Okay, what do, I, what do, we, what do we examine? We, we don't even have to, honestly, we don't even have to do that part in this thing. Because I can guarantee you this grape juice is not going to make you drunk. And I can guarantee you with the amount of bread that you're going to have, you will not be a glutton. Okay? So, so that doesn't even apply. What does apply is that when we rightly divide, when, when I say that, in our minds we say, oh, here's, where, here's how you do this, rightly dividing. Make it very simple. Oh, the body of Christ. You know, when Jesus, uh, when, uh, when, when he ate the, the supper, he says he took bad bread and broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance, in remembrance of me. Okay? And, and I look and I say, oh, the bread, well, that represents Jesus' body. And, and, I, and I realize there's two ways, to, two ways to look at, I'm trying to get behind the speaker, two ways to look at the Jesus' body. Jesus' physical body that was broken on the cross, and you and I are now the body of Christ. Right? We are all part of the body of Christ. So there would be, I could see there would be a context that we could make sure that we're rightly judging the body of Christ as far as our, as far as, um, like, the way that they, that they were sinning and not, not leaving food for the others and all that. There is that part of it. But I believe that the biblical precedent that was set in Passover is that the body of the Lamb is broken for our health and our healing and the blood was poured out for our forgiveness and our protection. Remember when it was put on the doorpost? You say, well, the blood, the blood protects. Why does it protect? Because underneath the blood is forgiveness of sin. That's why it's there. So when we come, and we're going to do, the, do this in here in some moment. Actually, right now, if I could have, um, yeah, Jesus, Devin here, and Miss Tracy, Miss Amy, back there, unless you wanted to flip-flop, doesn't matter how you want to do that. Um, if you would be at one of the tables there, and baby, maybe I should hold the baby. Should I do this? Because you're supposed to do this. You want to be with Papa? Someone? No, she's taking. They're fighting over the baby. We're fighting over the body, right? <clears throat> so we're just taking. Oh no, that that didn't work. And you're a nice person, Miss Danielle, but this is not good. Bless her, Lord. Okay. So did that make sense? Okay. We are, we are having what we would call communion or the Lord's Supper. We're not doing it in a way, maybe one day we will. We're not going to get, we're not going to have wine and get drunk, okay? We may have a lot of bread. We, we, or, but we might do this sometime in an actual feast. I don't know. But right now, we, all we're going to do is take a piece of the bread and say, Jesus, your body was broken. Your body was broken to make room for me in the body of Christ. And your body was broken that my body would be healed. Since Deb's heart attack, and actually at the time that Deb was in the hospital, 
I was led of the Lord to receive communion, and I did not do it once. I did it, if I did it once, it was probably several hundred times that I just kept receiving. Why? Because, because I needed to keep that in front of me. Because my mind was battling, my mind was battling. I needed to know the body of Christ was broken for my wife's healing. The blood of Jesus was shed for her forgiveness and for our righteousness, if you want to say. Body of Christ broken, body of Christ. You say, I don't know if it actually means that. Well, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> we do that. We do that often. And I actually thought about it. Like, we hadn't had communion here in a long time. And partly because I'm doing it all the time. I'm Literally, we're doing it every day. We're receiving the body and the blood every day. And you don't have to have a pastor. You don't have to, you know, I might be a pastor, but I don't do it because I'm a pastor. I do it because I love my wife. And we receive um, health and healing. And eventually, you're going to look and see, as we receive renewal of youth, you're going to look and say, wow, he looks really young. She looks really young. Are you guys getting younger? How do you do that? What's your secret? <laughs> That's the secret. So, Jesus, we just thank you right now. If we could just, uh, all right, we're going to examine ourselves. Ready? We're not going to look introspective and say, God, what are, what are our sins? We're going to say, Jesus, this is our examining. We are here for you. We are here acknowledging that the most important thing that ever happened on the planet was the cross of Jesus Christ. Even at Christmas when you came as a baby, you came to die. Your body was broken for our healing. Your blood was shed for our forgiveness. The body of Christ broken for you. That you might be made part of the body of Christ. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great day to do it. And that you could receive his power in your body. The body of Christ broken for you. If we could now, why don't we have, what would be these? This, this side, this way. And Devin, would you be willing to come and help? Come, come this way, and then this side, go that way. You don't have to do this. You can go, you can go away unforgiven and unhealed. <laughs> sick. You can go away in your sins and sick. You don't have to do this, but I want us to just acknowledge that when we do this, Jesus, you're the healer of my body. Jesus, you are restoring me. I believe you died on the cross. Your body was broken that mine might be healed. Can we do that? Let's, let's go ahead. So you guys, let's just make a line right over here maybe or just come out either way. And then you guys, if you guys would go that way, that would be wonderful. And then uh, those, of, those helping, as they take, you can just say, the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Jesus shed. Body of Christ broken. And let's just hold on to it, because I didn't make that little announcement. If we can hold on to it and do it together, that'd be great. If you already did it, that's fine. You can, you can do it again. Body of Christ broken, the blood of Jesus shed. Thank you, Lord. Great pick. Great, great pick there, Justin and Jordan. Whoever pulled that song. That's, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing more important as Christians than the blood of Jesus. And thank the Lord for his body broken for us as well. Thank you, Lord.
Sun. If for any reason you ran out back there, I think there's some up here as well. So that, that everyone should be able to have some. Then we need to do this quickly and then we have little ones downstairs and very grateful for those that are working with them, but we don't want to overload them. So as soon as we're done, if you're able to get your children, that would be wonderful. Thank you, Lord. It's great. You can pull that back. But I love that last line. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're never going to outgrow the need for forgiveness. <clears throat> That's the foundation. We're always got, going to go to the basement for that. Okay? But we are going to go on to other things. We've covered a lot of ground in Psalm 103. Actually, we went through the whole psalm in the past several years. And now, now I really believe the Lord wants to take us into some, uh, some deeper waters, if you want to say. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff that the Lord wants to do in our lives and wants us to mature and grow in, grow in Him. So, Jesus, we just thank you right now. Thank you for being willing. Even before the earth, the planet was made, you knew that if you, get, if you made and had children, if you had children and gave them a free will, you knew they would choose to, to break a relationship with you and that you would have to die to get them back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you were willing to let your body be tortured, be beaten, be stripped, be thorns, be pressed into your brow, all the stuff that you, and then that you experienced be, even before getting your hands and uh, feet nailed to the cross, being raised up and hanging in a cursed place because your word says, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And you were cursed. You were cursed by God hanging on that tree so that we could be blessed. Thank you so much for letting your body be spilled that this blood be come out, the body of Christ broken for us. As we chew, the power of God is working. Not just a symbol. Grace is being poured out. Thank you, Jesus. When your body was ripped in two, all your blood came out, the body of Christ, that we might be forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to do that periodically. And, I, and I, I do want to apologize for not... It's been a long time since we've actually had the Lord's Supper together. How many are for experimenting with the Lord's Supper and actually having a feast? <laughs> Devin, your hand went up. I, I, I was looking at Devin thinking he's like, bad idea or something like that. No, bad idea. We want to have a feast. And if Jesus takes that juice and makes it something else, that's his business. <laughs> right? That would, that, we'd be the talk of the town if that happened. <laughs> you say, that's crazy. It was like, you know what? The, the same Bible that says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, says that he gives wine to gladden the heart, bread to make his face shine, or oil to make his face shine, and bread for strength. That God actually provided that. So... Don't be using that as some excuse to test whether or not you're an alcoholic. You probably are. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're probably not. I'm not. Stop. 
Because uh, I've tested God in so many of these different things. I've already done it for you. Don't, don't try it. I've already, it, does, it doesn't work well. You don't want to get addicted to something just trying to test something out. But the whole idea of just having a feast together and feasting on the... You know, it makes me wonder because Paul, because he said... And i got to stop. Because he said, this is why so many of you are sick, weak, and some of you even die. We must not be having communion right because they were feasting regularly... And he says, if you will rightly divide, if you'll, if you'll understand what you're doing, not just get drunk, but that you're eating, eating, and eating the flesh of Jesus, that you're drinking and drinking and drinking his blood, you're going to have power of God working in your body and whatever sickness, whatever chronic birth defects. Anyone born? If you're this far removed from Adam, you probably have a birth defect. I am a... No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I thought it was anyway. You know what? God is good. So, if we could just stand, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. Thank you for coming and being a part. I believe the Lord blesses you today, Miss Tanya, on your birthday, and all of us here. The Lord bless you, and Audrey had a birthday recently, and keep you, and Deb's dad is enjoying his birthday in heaven right now. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Roger Wright has a birthday as well, or I just had one. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Amen?